Now all the youth of England are on fire, and silken dalliance in the wardrobe lies. Now thrive the armorers, and honor's thought reigns solely in the breast of every man. They sell the pasture now to buy the horse, following the mirror of all Christian kings with winged heels as English mercuries. For now sits expectation in the air, and hides a sword from hilts to unto the point, with crowns imperial, crowns and coronets promised to Harry and his followers. The French, advised by good intelligence of this most dreadful preparation, shake in their fear, and with pale policy seek to divert the English purposes. Oh, England, model to thy inward greatness, like a little body with a mighty heart. What mightst thou do, what honor would thee do, were all thy children kind and natural? But see, thy fault France hath in thee found out. A nest of hollow bosoms which he fills with treacherous crowns, and three corrupted men, one Richard, Earl of Cambridge, and the second Henry, Lord Scroope of Masham, and the third Sir Thomas Grey, Knight of Northumberland, have for the guilt of France, oh, guilt indeed, confirmed conspiracy with fearful France. And by their hands, this grace of kings must die if hell and treason hold their promises ere he take ship for France and in Southampton. Linger your patience on and we'll digest the abuse of distance, force a play. The sum is paid, the traitors are agreed, the king is set from London and the scene is now transported, gentles, to Southampton. There is the playhouse now, there must you sit, and thence to France shall we convey you safe and bring you back, charming the narrow seas to give you gentle pass, for if we may, we'll not offend one stomach with our play. But when the king come forth, and not till then, unto Southampton do we shift our scene.